Hey, welcome to Blue Wire. After you finish listening to this awesome Blue Wire podcast, make sure you check out the other pods in our Blue Wire family. Okay, I know, you're probably wondering, how do I do that? Well, it's simple. Go to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and search Blue Wire. Ta-da! They will all be there, so have fun listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 20 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by Ella DiGiovanni. And Ella, the big 2-0, what is going on? I mean, this is crazy. I can't believe it. I really can't. I feel like I've been saying it since episode 17. We're inching closer and closer. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) I know, it's crazy. 20 episodes, we just keep trucking along, and... We're having so much fun doing it. I think that's what makes it go by, just like in life, right? The older Mm -hmm. you get, the more things you have going on in life, the quicker it goes by. Uh, I wish we we could slow down time, but it's it's fun. We have a great guest coming up a little bit later Mm -hmm. in the podcast, but I want to get straight to... One of my favorite times of the year, March Madness. Madness. Oh, it's been incredible. Um, It's been so good. I know you have been watching a lot of college basketball this weekend. I was in Columbus, Mm -hmm. my old stomping grounds, covering the Tennessee Volunteers, the two seed in the tournament, uh, one of the two seeds. And what a weekend it was. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Columbus region, give it up to them because there were some good games. Good games. Such good games. I mean, I don't even, I don't know what, like, is there one that stands out as the best? I mean, obviously, Tennessee, they went to OT. Yeah. That Duke-UCF game. That was <laughs> I don't even, that was insane. Yeah. Um, I almost watched my whole entire bracket bust go, in go front bye-bye. of my face. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that was a great one. Then there's just teams that, showed up that you weren't expecting them to I mean even Ohio State I'll be the first one to say I didn't think had any business even being in the tournament and they played a great first round game um they had it a little tough against Houston they kept it close for a while but Houston's good though Houston's very good yeah uh your zags looking real good really good really really good Purdue Looking really good. I mean, the Big yeah. Ten, too. They made it out of the first round. Seven and one. Leave it to Wisconsin to be the one. Right, that, which Wisconsin's usually the team that always gets to the Sweet Yes, I had them going. I had them going far, too. Yeah. they And they were beat by Oregon. Well, I think that's a little bit of a surprise. Very, very much so. Especially because the Pac-12... Uh, let's let's just be real. I mean, this is a conference in terms of basketball right now that has not been going in the right direction. I mean, this is a basketball conference that used to dominate. And right. they finished with no teams in the AP 25. I voted Washington in a couple times uh, this season. But other than that, you know, I didn't I didn't really have a reason to vote in a Pac-12 school. I mean, they, they just didn't do anything right. for me. And Oregon, give it up to them. Give it up to them. You have to. Turning it on in tournament time. I mean, it doesn't go to surprise me at all because Oregon does have uh, a basketball program. They've done well in the past. But um, that was a little bit of a surprise. I agree with you on that. And then your your defending champs, Villanova Wildcats, they're out. They're out. Which, okay, I want to ask your opinion on this. I saw this on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I guess there was this big debate because it was impressive, honestly, of – 
how many Big Ten teams first made it to the tournament and then how many advanced after the first round. Yeah. So there was this debate going on that is the Big Ten the best conference Mm -hmm. in college basketball right now? Mm -hmm. And someone said, well, they have to win it all to be the best. And someone said, that's not true because... Just because Villanova has won, what, three of the past Yeah, doesn't mean that they're the best conference. Four years or whatever. Would you say the Big East no. is the best co- conference? No. Mm-hmm. So the argument was a conference is determined on, on performance top to bottom, not yeah. just at the top. And I read that and I said, that's exactly right because we enter that same debate over college football every single day during the college football season, right? Yeah. It's usually is the SEC or the Big Ten right now. That's been as of late. Because even would you say, you know, in college football, just because Clemson has been so dominant, you wouldn't say the ACC is the best conference in college no, football. I to- yeah. So when you look at it that way, when you judge it by top to bottom, I, I, I really, really liked that side of the argument, that that's really how you, can de- how you would determine or make an argument for a, a better conference, is their performance top to bottom, not just at the top. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about it. It's There's a whole regular season that comes before the tournament. Right? right. I know that right. not a lot of people like to admit that because this is the time of year people watch, but this is what the teams do. They work all, all year. You know, they have to be moment. exactly. And so I would agree, like you have to look at the whole body of work as a conference mm-hmm. and what the teams did throughout the conference season. Even, you know, even looking in the non-conference season with, with what some of these teams, they, they play really tough opponents. Um, really tough non-conference opponents before a conference play even starts. So it, you have to look at the whole body of work. I don't think you can just base it on, okay, Duke wins the national championship. The ACC is the best conference. Is the ACC up there? Absolutely. I mean, sure, they've sure, always sure. had really good programs. Always. But yep. I, I will say that the um, the Big Ten is definitely a physical conference. Um, mm-hmm. It's a conference that I think day in and day out, it's a grind in the regular season. But I could argue the same for what the SEC has become. Uh, they're, right. they're, they're become a conference that has really stepped it up when it comes to hiring good coaches, when it comes to recruiting good players. Uh, so they're right up there uh, with the Big Ten as well and the ACC. I mean, I think that they're, they're all kind of floating up there. And you look at, too, you know, yeah, the Big Ten has some teams that didn't make the Sweet 16, but you even look at, Iowa and the fight they put up against Tennessee mm-hmm. you know they were down how many 20, 20 they were they were down 25 at, at one point Tennessee was about to be just the second team in tournament history the other one was a, a first four in game uh they would be the second team to give up that big of a lead uh in the NCAA and then tournament. they 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 forced it into overtime yeah so even that just shows the strength of the conference right there. Yeah, they didn't win. But to be able to do that, I mean, that's some good basketball. It is. It definitely is. And I want to kind of take that into my winner of the week because it has to do with specifically that game. And while I give Iowa all the credit in the world because, look, I was down on the floor watching that game. I'm not joking. My heart was beating out of my chest just with the intensity of that arena. Mm -hmm. It was intense. I mean, it was crazy. Like, it was so intense in there. Because you just didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But I have to give, first of all, I have to give Iowa credit for making the adjustments at halftime against not only yeah. Tennessee, but in that Friday game against Cincinnati. I mean, give Fran McCaffrey a lot of credit because he 
he was able to make those adjustments and have his guys come out in the second half and, and do what they did. But my winner of the week, and it's not just because I cover these guys, but it's the Tennessee Volunteers. And I say that mm-hmm. because this is a team that, you know, did what it did during the regular season, had some little bumps at the end of the season. But when it comes down to it, this team finds ways to win games. And you have to give them credit for that because this is a team that didn't have all Americans. Okay. Right. Rick Barnes right. took this team. He he picked out his guys and he actually did what you have to usually do as a coach, right? You have to develop mm-hmm. kids. That's so underrated yep. these days in college basketball. So underrated. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but when I think of a coach, I think of somebody who can develop talent. Yep. And that is what Rick Barnes has done with this Tennessee team. And not only have they been able to do what they do on the court, but spending time with this team this week, I got to know them as players, as people. Yep. I've never met a more educated, sharp, intelligent group of young men. Every single one of them. And for me, because I don't cover them on a day-to-day basis in the regular season because I'm in Nashville, they're in Knoxville. And, you know, just after spending four days with them, it was apparent to me that, like, this is really something special. And when they took that game into overtime last yesterday, I knew, I felt comfortable that that was, they were going to get the victory because I knew that they had the right guys to step up in that intense time. And I, and I spoke with several mm-hmm. of the guys after, and I said, Hey, what did, what did coach Barnes tell you in the huddle? What was the move? I mean, was there any sort of rattle with you guys? And they said, absolutely not. Coach said it was, it's a zero, zero game. Now, this is the time. This is what you live for. These are the moments you play for. You go out and you get it done. And that's exactly they did what look they did. They looked very relaxed. They were, they looked very relaxed. They were, they were, they kept the confidence and give two time SEC player of the year, Grant Williams, a ton of credit for really going out in that overtime and taking control and really helping that Tennessee volunteers team win and push them to the first uh, sweet 16 appearance since 2014 for the ball. So that is my winner of the week because I got to see it firsthand and uh, it was pretty impressive. Well, my winner of the week is actually who the Vols are seeing next yeah. in the tournament. The Purdue Boilermakers. I have them as my winner of the week because I was watching that game against Villanova on Saturday very closely, and I was just really impressed. I, I caught a few Purdue basketball games this season, actually, mm-hmm. and and I I was impressed in the regular season as you know as to what they were doing. But for them to just walk in there, they beat Villanova 87-61. Yeah. There was just full control, full mm-hmm. domination the entire time. They have the kid Carson Edwards, a, who was just so good. Really good. So good. Mm-hmm. And I read this tweet. I'm going to pull it up. I read a tweet that said, um, Purdue lost more than 5,100 career points off of last year's team. Aside from Carson Edwards, they returned 11 career starts and they're going back to the Sweet 16. Wow. Yeah, that's a. I don't even know what that I don't even know what that says about the team because that's just young, raw, inexperienced kids who are stringing together really, really good wins. Yeah. They, and so they were they were my winners of the week because 
especially when I read that and I, and you really see what they've done with with not much. I mean, they lost more than 5,100 career points. Yeah, no, that's huge. I mean, to have that in And they put up 87 on Villanova. Yeah, I just, I was mind blown. I'm like, you know what? I give them all the credit in the world. They're my winners of the week. I have them going pretty far in my bracket, but I think just because I've, I was believing in them, but now I really believe in them after watching that game. And that's the thing when, I mean, again, I go back to coaching and especially when it's a, a really young team like that, because just the preparation in the tournament, it's different than anything else. I mean, I asked some of the guys a couple days ago when they were getting ready to face um, Iowa, I was like, how different mm-hmm. is it to just literally wake up and have to have a whole other team to prepare for in a day? Right. And it's, I mean, that's, that's where you have to be like corralling your guys, like, and being like, Mm -hmm. Hey, look, the the focus needs to be like film study, know what your opponent's doing. You don't have time to really do much else than that. So it's, that's what to be so mentally sharp. That's what they said. They said it's more, it's way more Mm -hmm. mentally this time preparing Lamonte Turner said that he goes, it's more about the mental aspect of preparing for the entire tournament than it is the physical. That's the thing. Because if you're not mentally sharp, all it takes is those few little mental errors that can cost you big time moments in a game. You saw UCF did it. Yeah. You know, just a few times there was a little lapse in their in their mental focus. I mean, they could have been Duke. Yeah. They could have been But that's just the the little margin of error with some of these teams that, you know, that's what happens. That's what makes this tournament so great. Um, Real quick before we get into our guest, I wanted to mention something about since – since the Vols will be taking on their second uh, Big Ten opponent in a row in the tournament, because mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. they face Iowa. Um, Admiral Schofield, who looks like a linebacker, by the way, if you've never, yeah. if you guys have never like seen him out there that are listening, please check him out because you think his brother was actually a pass rusher at Wisconsin. Um, he uh, nice Big Ten, pass yeah. Rusher. So he grew up in Big Ten country, right? Well, mm-hmm. he. Did not like Iowa because his brother played at Wisconsin. Sure. But he's yeah. just like, he came out and just said the other day, he was like, look, the SEC gets love in football, but we continue just to kind of struggle with getting the respect on the hardwood. Yeah. Right? And and mm-hmm. and he said, I take these games personally against Big Ten because they're physical like us. You know, they play a physical yeah. game. And so, obviously, he you you saw that in that game against Iowa. He came out. He was just like you could tell he was taking it personal. Um, yep. And he's he's the same way with Purdue. I expect him to take that personally because in mm-hmm. their minds, like this is a battle of respect too. Like this is right, a battle right. of pride when you're going up against the Big Ten. So right. I expect this to be one heck of a game on Thursday. Yeah. It's like a classic matchup, you know, even we were just talking a little bit ago about that Big Ten SEC battle or debate all the time. Yeah. That that, that transfers on the hardwood. I mean, these are two powerhouse conferences. Yeah. You know, and these are two teams that are now going deep into the tournament, and it's going to be good. It's funny that Tennessee was your winner of the week and Purdue was mine because... I know, because now they match up, right? I'm pumped <laughs> to see this go down. Yeah. Even... Again, speaking of how young and inexperienced they are, they even have uh, – Purdue has one kid on the team, Grady Eifert. Mm-hmm. If you recognize the last name, that's Tyler, Tyler Eifert's Eifert. brother. Yep. And in the broadcast, they were saying how Grady was a walk-on. God. A walk-on. And he's hitting threes 
all day long on Saturday as a senior. That's incredible. I love I love yeah. those I love those stories. I mean that they kept showing Tyler Eifert. Yeah, yeah. No, that's and that's the other part of March Madness that I love. Like, there's always those connections, stories. There's and, always yep. those stories. Um, so it just makes it that much better. So we're gonna shift gears a little bit. I could talk about March Madness for like twenty so like four hours a day uh, at this time of the year, but we we're gonna shift to our our guest and shake things up a little bit, a little bit different of an angle. So Ella. Uh, why don't we do the honors of having you introduce our next guest? Well, we're going to change things up a bit as we welcome a guest who works behind the scenes in an athlete's life. Please welcome to the podcast, the president and founder of Ali Reddick Athlete Relations. Ali Reddick, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Hi guys, good. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Ali, your company provides management services to professional athletes. To familiarize us and our listeners with your business. Can you briefly describe your role in an athlete's life? Yeah, so we like to call it like athlete relations, lifestyle management, just kind of keeping it um, a little bit more generic because as you guys will probably imagine, every single guy is um, really different than the next. Mm -hmm. So some of our guys we help with, you know, travel, concierge stuff, more of like the surface level. Some of them we help with camps, foundations, running the events for their charities. Um, So kind of everything in between, you name it, we've probably done it. Well, was this like a company that you always wanted to build? Was it something in the back of your mind? And then, you know, where did you get the inspiration to actually like found this company? Um, Yeah. So when I actually started, like back when I was in school and everything, I thought that I was going to do more of like the PR and marketing route, which I started in. Um, But the more I started working in the industry, the more I saw how many of these guys and girls, but both have um, kind of, I don't want to say negative influences in their life, but just too many. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people in their ear and they're chirping and they're always needing something. And, you know, you've got one person doing marketing, one doing PR, then they've got their agent, then they've got their financial advisor. It's just so many different people for so many different things. So when I was working with the guys a little bit more, I started to realize that they kind of just needed somebody to be like the filter. So obviously they're still going to talk to all those people and work with all those people, but kind of helping to maintain their schedule with them, their calendar with them, their travel with them, just making sure they kind of know where they need to be. And it kind of turned into more of like, almost an assistant role um Mm -hmm. and it kind of grew because obviously an assistant either is in person and doing a lot more of the in-person type things and mine's all remote so obviously if I am somewhere that the guys are I'm happy to be at all these different things but it's more just remote making sure that they're kind of staying on the right track and the more I saw how many of these athletes kind of didn't have somebody that was doing that or they had the wrong person doing it whether it was just a family member or an intern or something that was kind of just all over the place um, I kind of just jumped in and started doing it that way and worked for a few different agencies doing it um, just for their clients. But like I said, there were so many guys that didn't have anybody doing it. So when I started on my own, now I can work through the different agencies or through their financial advisors, through their marketing reps, or through the guys directly to make sure that they're covered. And when it comes to like bringing in, obviously you get your first or second clients. And then is it just maybe just word of mouth and getting the, the word out there through those different clients? Exactly. And it's like such a big trust industry. So once you've got yeah. a few guys that really trust you, know what you do, know what you've done for them specifically, it's really just them being like, you guys all need this too. Like y'all are going to be, you know, so much better off if you've got somebody doing this and they trust each other and then they come to trust you. That's so true. And I think it's interesting. You always hear the stories of 
uh, you know, when rookies enter the league and they're basically sat down and said, block out the noise. So when you brought up that point of there's so many people in their ear because, you know, think they're 20 years old and they walk into just so much money and just so many things surrounding them and people pulling them in a million different directions. Your job is so, so important that people don't realize the importance of it because they don't understand, I guess, um, the presence that these young guys now are in because there are so many people pulling them in a million different directions for money or appearances or whatever that may be. So that was really interesting that you brought that up. Totally. Um, It's like, I'm not going to tell them how to spend their money. I'm not going to tell them what to do, but I'm going to try to be, you know, that positive influence. That's like, you know, maybe don't do X, Y, and Z, or have you looked into this, this, and this, and it could just be little, you know, side things that'll help them out. But at the end of the day, like if I'm being, that's, that's my point is if I'm being a positive influence in their life, I know that I'm doing my job. Right. Right. Well, you also brought up the role of an agent. An agent is someone who's contractually tied to an athlete. So your mm-hmm. role is different in in that sense because an athlete may utilize you for a service, say, to plan an event for them, and then that's it. So how do you strive right. to establish more of a relationship with these athletes so that they be so that you become more of a go to in their life? Um, I think that there's like so many different ways, like I said, that you can work with them. So one of them, like you just said, was being that. Um, event planner for one specific event and there's some guys that I've worked with that it's just that I work on one event it's great they're happy but they don't really need much more than that because they kind of lay low during you know the season or during the season whatever it may be um but you know once you work with somebody especially in this kind of industry where like we were just talking about they've got so many other people that they've worked with in the past or will work with in the future it's kind of just maintaining that you know follow-up relationship even if it's hey, I'm aware that we might not work together again for a while until you need another big event done. But like, I just want to check in, just making sure you're good. Do you need anything? I saw you just got traded. Congratulations. What do you need me to help with? You know, just whatever you can be for them. And it's kind of interesting because I think when I explain my role, it, like I said, it kind of becomes this almost assistant thing. But I was just actually working on testimonials over the last month and kind of getting those racked up. And the amount of guys that use the word family, like you've become like yeah. family, that's mm-hmm. what's important. You know what I mean? Because like I said, yeah. you've got the trust, you've got the relationship, but now you're integrated with their wives, their kids, their siblings, their parents, you're flying their parents out for games. You're making sure that when they do get traded, their kids have a new school. You're doing research on the schools for them. And oh you're going so in depth that it's like, it's impossible to not have that relationship with them after you've worked with them for a little while. Well, I love it because your website says that you guys have, or you have been named the plug because of all the connections in the industry. Yeah. I mean, what did you do to create those connections that then obviously you utilize in the business and building your company? Yeah, it's funny. The guy started calling me that because of like the connections <laughs> within our industry. I thought it was hysterical. I like, at first I was kind of like, oh, that's great. That's funny. And then at the end of it, I'm like owning it now. I'm like, yep, yeah, like I'm in Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. You can call me the plug. (laughs) That's fine. Um, But it's funny because, you know, you have these connections and you have these, you know, great relationships with, I mean, like I said, growing up in Chicago, we're having all these other, you know, connections that you make just through the sports industry itself that now I can utilize to benefit my guys and benefit my clients. Like, why would I not? You know, that's what it's all about. So um, I think, like I said, I grew up in a huge sports family. My family members alone, we all have great connections with, you know, Chicago sports teams and sports teams in other cities and um, all the people that kind of work in the industry. And that's just from me working in it too. It's been such a blessing because I can now, like I said, you can utilize that for the guys that you're working with. 
Well, for everybody out there that this is such a different lifestyle than obviously an athlete or, or somebody like us that's on TV, but it is similar in ways. So what does your work schedule look like? You seem to do a lot of traveling <laughs> and I would assume that you try to make yourself as available as possible for your clients. Yeah, there's a lot of plain Wi-Fi. Um, yes. <laughs> I do. I've been traveling so much over the last year. It's been amazing and crazy all at once. Um, I was just saying this weekend how I probably should start to kind of get my home base back because at this point, I don't even really like have a home base anymore. I lived in LA until <laughs> last summer. Um, and then when this thing started kind of taking off a little bit, I just started going with it. So I like live out of a suitcase now, really. Um, wow. But it's, it's true because at the end of the day, like while I was growing this thing and getting to the place that I am now, which obviously is still growing from here, but you know, I really needed to make sure that whatever these guys needed that I was there for. So um, whether that's coming and meeting them in person and, you know, sealing the deal that way or kind of going off of the travel that I already had and being like, I will be here, here and here. If you're going to be in any of these cities, let's make it work that way. Um, but at the end of the day, like kind of having I mean, I'm from Chicago. I know you guys are talking about we were talking about that earlier before we started, but um, being home and being able to have some guys in this city is so beneficial because I mean, for my own mm -hmm. sanity, at least I can come home and be home for a little while. Right. Um, yeah. and then family kind of all over the country too. So that makes it a little bit easier. I can kind of see everybody while I'm traveling, but, um, it's really just wherever my guys need me, I'm going to be. And so that's kind of what my life has become. And I was joking the other day that there were so many moments that like, I get in that mindset of like, oh my God, this is so crazy. I need to slow down. But then I'm like, no, there were so many days that like I prayed for this to happen and I prayed to be this yes. busy and now I am. And I'm like, thank God. You know what I mean? Like this is exactly yeah. what I was hoping for and exactly what I wanted. And I have that like one second clarity moment and I jump right back into it. So it's good. It's a good thing. That's so awesome. I'm like smiling from ear to ear. Well, building on the idea of your schedule, for example, you were in Atlanta this year for, the, for Super Bowl week. What does yep. your job entail at a major event like that? Do you have a game plan going into it? Is there a checklist, a, a strategy before you enter a week like that and at an event of that magnitude? Yeah, Super Bowl was crazy. Um, it, I kind of went into it with, I knew which guys of mine were going to be there. I knew the main events that they were going to need me at. And then I kind of just, I mean, I'm like a Google calendar fanatic. So I just kind of went through my calendar, <laughs> looked where I had open spaces, filled it in with other meetings of people that I've been meaning to meet with, but our schedules haven't lined up. Um, so kind of filled those in in between and then just kind of went from there. And then to be honest, by the time that I actually got to Super Bowl, my entire schedule had changed like completely because of all the craziness of the week. And I'm like, you know what? we're making it work this is how it's gonna work like it's fine it. so yeah. yeah exactly you have to that's the industry so it ended up being great I was booked I said I like think I had one actual meal the whole week I slept like two hours a night but it was I came back like <laughs> glowing I was like this is the best week ever I met so many yeah. great guys and got so many great contracts from it so it was really it really was a really beneficial and um honestly just like heartwarming week to be able to be like I'm here doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. And I like made it to this point already. And that's within the first year of my company being, you know, even alive, let alone growing. So I was really excited about it. It kind of works a little bit different than I think most other obviously weeks during the year that aren't as crazy, but you know, you have to roll with it. You know, Kayla and I, I think maybe even on a past podcast talked about the spectacle that Super Bowl week has become yeah, in the yeah. sense of 
anybody that's anybody goes even if they're not right. playing the Super Bowl that's the oh, right. that's the place that they all go yeah. I don't know if it's always been like that but I feel like now especially with social media and all kinds of you know digital shows and now every football related show broadcast from the Super Bowl all week that's the place to be so for for your kind of company like there must have been just endless opportunities to nail oh, yeah. down some some big work and that's the thing like I try to make sure that I'm balancing with, especially with my guys being there, that they're having some fun things as well as obviously they've got interviews booked that I'll take them to. And, you know, their PR people and their marketing people might book their appearances, but if they've just got too much going on, I'll run over with them just because obviously I'm there. But I like to think that they had fun the week too. They've got, I mean, you guys know they have events every single night of Super Bowl week. Yep. They've got parties and sponsored events and all these concerts. And it's like, I mean, the game is the game and that's great on Sunday, but the rest of the week is so much fun and there's so much to do as far as work and play. It's like, why would you not want to go if you were an athlete? And I remember when I first started working in the industry, I would say probably like well over probably 75% of my guys, like, I don't care about going, like, it's fine, no big deal. And like this year, not one of my guys is actually playing in the game, but every single person I worked with, except for, I think three or four, maybe at that point did they were all there because they were like why not it's still fun yeah yeah and and they're getting their name out there you know and Mm -hmm. I mean there's so much going on that week in terms of press and uh you know there's the NFL network and they do all their shows and have their guests on so it's a great way too to get out there and you know I feel like a lot of these athletes also go and they 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 get out some of the good stuff that they're doing you know in the off season which is always cool even local radio, though, like all the guys that are on teams that, like I said, weren't even playing in the Super yeah. Bowl, all the local radio was there, too, which I thought was like, I mean, it's always been kind of like that. But like now that I'm kind of doing this and kind of navigating through it, I noticed it a little bit more that, I mean, truly, you can have any of your guys go and there will be something for them to do as far as like interview wise or anything like that, because I mean, all of these um, outlets are going to be there. So why would they not try to get in front of them, get their name out there, talk about the offseason, talk about what right. they've been doing? If they're a free agent, talk about their upcoming contracts, hopefully the Mm -hmm. teams that are interested in them. It's endless. It really is. Right. Well, I know that right now you're extremely busy, but I would guess that you probably have a little help. Like who makes up your team or is, are you doing majority of it? So I right now make up the most of it as far as workload, Mm -hmm. because I just want to make sure that while this thing is really getting off the ground, that everything's being done perfectly. And obviously it's, you know, better to do it yourself kind of thing. But yeah, I do have help. I've got a lot of girls that have helped me out through this whole thing that I've done like freelance stuff with and just like some side stuff. I usually at any given point have at least an intern, at least one intern. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in between interns at the moment, actually, which is funny that you say that because now I'm like, oh my gosh, I need another one, like jumping right. Um, but those, I mean, it's like the little help. My mom jokes that she's my assistant right now. And I'm like, I mean, if you want to be, <laughs> like, okay. Uh, but no, I will call her sometimes and be like, can you just like X, Y, and Z? And she's like, okay, sure. She's like so helpful. So just like, honestly, having the support system, let alone the people, like I said, that I have will freelance or I can pay them to do, you know, X, Y, and Z that comes up. It's so helpful and it's so beneficial. But for the most part, it is on me just because I want it that way as far until I can't handle that anymore you know at my last company I had well into my like by myself like 30 40 guys and so like this right now we're getting it off the ground is nothing compared to that but at the same time now that it's only me doing it and it's my own company 
it'll soon keep growing from there as far as employees and everything. But I like to keep my hands definitely in everything. And I will always yep. keep my hands in everything. Yep. Well, and speaking of growth, you know, moving forward, how do you plan to grow a company like this? Do you grow by providing more services, you know, having more employees? What is the strategy to increase more business moving forward? It's such an interesting question because I think that everybody thinks, especially when they just first hear the name and they just start talking, I think everybody thinks that we're a PR agency. And I'm like, actually, no, Mm -hmm. let's talk about what it Mm -hmm. actually is. So I think that the idea that, um, you know, being full service and having PR and having marketing and having all these other great things, you know, eventually it could go to that. I really don't know yet. But like what I did when my goal in starting this company and what my goals were still is to be that very small um, focus company that does one thing really well. And that's the athlete relations yeah. piece, whether it's like we said, the event planning or whether helping with them, whatever it is, we are doing it perfectly as perfectly as can yeah. be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of agencies out there that are full service or just specialized in PR, just specialized in marketing or have agents that are working on their contracts. Do I think eventually it could grow to that? Absolutely. I just need to make sure that you know, I'm staying true to the core of what we wanted this to be, because I don't ever want it to get so big um, and just take on all of these tasks just because somebody's asking for them. I want to make sure that we have the right people on board to do those tasks the right way. I love how you bring that up, Allie, because it relates so much to my life in terms of what I've dealt with when working with agents. And I think sometimes people think those big agencies are the way to go. And in reality, I've learned that maybe some of the smaller ones, more of the boutique that kind of focus on just a certain amount of clients, um, they, right. they, they seem to do the job the right way. And right. I think it, it relates in a way I can relate to that because and appreciate that because sometimes you just want things done correctly. You know, it doesn't matter sometimes how many things somebody does or how big they are. Sometimes it just matters that you're doing the things the way they're supposed to be done and accurately and, you know, consistently. Well, I think it's a personal relationship too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we're, so Kayla and I would be more on the end of, you know, we've both been in the process of seeking an agent. It's, It's that relationship. And we want to feel like we're working together as a team. So from your end too, you want the athletes to feel like Mm -hmm. you're there for them and you're developing a personal relationship because you care about them and you don't always care about how many touchdowns they scored on Sunday or how many sacks they tallied that season. You care about their lives and their families and life off of the football field as well. Exactly. And like going off of that, when you're at a bigger agency, unless you're the person that's scoring the most touchdown or getting the most stats, yep. whatever your your stats are, that's when you become a name there. Everybody else almost kind of becomes a little bit of just like another number, another person, and they don't get that personalized service. So what yep. I've come to know is that a lot of the guys that reach out to me that are interested in our services actually come from those bigger agencies. And they're going to stay there and they're going to have that agent and they're going to have them do their contract and they're still going to have their PR marketing person, but they need somebody that does this stuff. Because at the end of the yep. day, when you're at one of the bigger agencies, it almost gets lost. You know, if you're not yeah, that right, person, that's right. the star on the team, which that's fine. That's where the money comes from. And that's where those growth opportunities come from is getting those big name guys. But for me, that doesn't matter. I would rather work with somebody that genuinely needs my assistance and needs our services. That's the kind of people that I'm seeking out. Yeah. So when I'm just interested when sometimes if a if an athlete comes to you, like what are some of the things they come to you with? Like, Ali, we need 
this? Like what, what are some of those things that they may request? It's funny. A lot of them will come and we'll sign the contract and we'll get everything started. And then they just send over like one big list of like, these are all things that I've been trying to do and I don't know who to go to. So here you go. And I'm like, all right, let's start with number one. Um, it's, it's really, really different. So in the last like few months, we've had everything from, um, you know, trying to help with like more, it's the off season, obviously it makes it a little bit different than what would happen during the actual season. But um, we've been doing a lot more of like the charity side, helping to get their foundations kind of up and going, which we work with companies that'll help with, you know, the legal side and all that. We just do the event side, but um, getting that partnership going, um, doing all the camps over the summer for kids in their hometowns or back to school events will come up in like July and August. Um, that's kind of the stuff that we've been focusing on right now. Um, as of the last few months before that, it was kind of just like, I'm going to be at Super Bowl. We want somebody to be there with us or doing the yeah. events or walking through Radio Row. Um, and then around the holidays, I'm just kind of working backwards here. Around the holidays, it was like the shop with the jocks and um, taking kids out shopping in their hometowns or around where they play, obviously. Um, helping with getting their family situated during the season, you know, because they're not around as much. They may be traveling or whatever, making sure they're okay. So really every like month almost out of the year produces different requests sure wow is it do Use you your hands full yeah, yeah. ali i just really quickly um do you feel like you've learned such a new appreciation for athletes just being able to do this yeah and i think it was interesting because like i said i did do it before right but i was employed through an agency so i was just another yeah. person there it was yeah this is who handles this that's it now it's mm-hmm how are you, who are you as a person? How are you running your company? And a lot of times, mm-hmm. like I've literally gone to church with my clients. I've gone yeah. to, you know, really mm-hmm. in-depth conversations with my clients about life and family and things like that. And they get to know you and they get to know how your business is run. And I think mm-hmm. that's what the difference is, you know, was before it was just, this is the person that handles it. This is the person that I pay. That was the two different yeah. people that, you know, would kind of fall under it. Now it's, this is like, this is a person that I am actually friends with outside of the fact that we're working together but like I said in the beginning kind of became part of our family so I've seen a totally different um side to these guys and their families and their lives that like I definitely knew about before but I don't think I was as integrated before because it was just kind of a you know that's the person that does it yeah I think it's so cool to you know we've been talking about this relationship and 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 building building these relationships with these athletes. I think it's cool to even see, you know, on your social media, I know you do a lot of work with Jordan Howard, which people who don't know plays for the bears. And I think I saw a picture, like you went to one of the bears games and he was like giving you a hug on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. To me, to me, that's so important. Like he clearly, you know, you have his trust and, and you guys are just two people. You're not an athlete. And you know, someone just working for him. That's how I try to see it for sure. Because at the end of the day, they are just people. I mean, Jordan is genuinely one of the most special people I've ever met. He's so sweet and so down to earth and just genuine. That's the best word to describe him. And um, that is actually a funny picture because so the week before I was on the sideline, but I was running so late because I was coming from a client dinner from beforehand, running over to the game and just totally (laughs) just missed the entire pregame on the sideline. I was running down there like a crazy person. And as I got onto the field and I was like like running across like where the uh, end zone is, um, he was walking out. So I missed him. And immediately after the game, we were texting me and he's like, did you even come? And I was like, 
<laughs> I swear I was there, but it was just yeah. chaos. So I was there the next week and right when I walked out, we saw each other and he just started laughing and we were like, and that's when that whole thing happened. He walked over, he's like, Oh, you are here. You come to games sometimes. I was like, I swear. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, it's hard to it's just funny with like people like that I mean Jordan is a great example like Jordan came to Christmas with my family because they their schedule was so crazy because they played the 49ers they came back they had two days off for Christmas and then they had to start practicing again for the wild card game so it was like craziness and I was like that's the kind of thing that you know really resonates with me one none of these guys unless they're obviously married and have their own family but the younger guys like Jordan their his family doesn't live here in Chicago they're in the south so he couldn't get home for Christmas. There's absolutely no way I wasn't going to invite him over for Christmas. And we all just had, we're from a big Italian family, which I'm sure yes. you guys can relate. Um, Love but big Italian we families. <laughs> we just came over. We had like a ton of pasta and everything. And it was like, honestly, one of the most fun nights. We were there till like three o'clock in the morning, just like playing games and like had so much fun. That's and awesome. I'm like, That's like, these guys are my family. Like they will, yeah. I will never, ever see them as anything other than that. And I will never take care of them as anything other than that. And I come from a family that really takes care of each other. Um, yep. So that's the kind of thing, like they love him now. Like, I mean, Jordan was over like um, a couple of our other guys in Jacksonville that I've known. My parents live down there now. So they've come over for dinner. It's like, it's really just like being integrated like that. That's wonderful. That is awesome. That's awesome. Well. Ali, you have been spectacular. I'm so yeah. glad that our listeners got to hear from you and learn more about this side of the business. You know, we talk to a lot of broadcasters and athletes on the podcast, but a job like yours is just as important. And yep. we're so happy that we got to shine a light on that. Um, so for people that want to follow along and find you on social media and see how your business is growing, where can they find you? And what's the website as well for your company? Uh, nice and easy. Our website is just athleterelations.com. Um, everything should be up there. The about services, testimonials, contact information, um, all of our social media is linked through there. Um, on Instagram, it's just at athlete relations, which is probably where I've been posting the most stuff lately. So um, nice and easy little handles and way to follow us. Perfect. Awesome. Allie, it was you so rock. fun talking with you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This was awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Allie. Thanks, guys. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At ethos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family, and in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to getethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. Getethos.com. Getethos.com. Well, Kayla, these are one of those moments where I love that we've taken this idea of a podcast that we've wanted to do for so long, and it has grown to what it is because these are the moments and the type of guests that we wanted to share their stories. Someone that is working so tirelessly behind the scenes, chasing her own dreams in sports, but you would never even know 
a job like hers exists. Yeah, and that's what's so special about sports in general because we have a lot of people on here who are media personalities, right? We And we kind mm-hmm. of know the roles of a media personality in terms of what we see on TV and, you know, their everyday, I guess, jobs. But when it comes to things right. like this, this is still a part of sports. This is a something that I it, it is. It's a yeah. huge part of it. Just because these people aren't on TV or maybe they don't have a million Twitter followers yet, these people are a big part of what makes sports run and what makes the yeah. athletes I I really mean I mean really become who they are outside of just being mm-hmm. an athlete. Because mm-hmm. athletes nowadays they're so they want to be involved in the community. They want to be yep. in- involved in other things besides the things that they do on the court. So these people mm-hmm. like Allie are what, that's how this happens. That's how these athletes mm-hmm. are able to do those things. Yeah. And I, I admire her. I admire what she does, what she has built for herself. I mean, she's a rock star. Yeah. And she's talking about everything that she does. And she said, yeah, now I kind of live out of my suitcase and, you know, these were moments that I prayed for. This is what I always wanted. I mean, that really struck me because, you know, in sports, you just see the athlete chasing their dreams or reaching their goals or accomplishing things. But there's people in the sports world like you and I, like Allie, like so many others, that they have dreams and goals within the sports world too. It's just, you don't know about them or it's broadcast differently than an athlete, right? And she talked about, you know, the testimonials that people submitted, if you go and read some of those testimonials, that's real. I mean, to get these guys, these professional athletes to write these long paragraphs about her and the work she does and the person that she is, that says so much about what she stands for and how she's really there for them as people. Because like she said, and we agree with, and we see from, you know, kind of a behind the scenes lens, there is so much noise surrounding these guys all the yep. time. And for someone like her to come in and kind of filter that noise and be there to serve them and help them and make their lives easier. She's amazing. Yeah. I just, <clears throat> anybody who can, I guess, <clears throat> have that connection with an athlete and gain that respect is a special person because yep. it's not easy to do because these guys, you know, they're on a different level, you know, they're making millions of dollars They have people from their past that sometimes are wanting to leech off of them. And, you know, you can't always trust everybody. And so to to gain that trust and respect from a lot of these professional athletes, I think is a is a really special quality to have, Um, Mm -hmm. even on our side of things, but especially on her side of things where they're trusting her with a lot of their everyday stuff. So, uh, again, uh, kudos go out to her with really creating her own brand for herself and gaining that respect from these professional athletes. It just, it's just a really cool thing. And I'm glad that we were able to share her story. Absolutely. So go check her out the website, her social media. She even like, even on her Instagram, the athlete relations Instagram, she just posts really cool pictures of uh, what her clients are doing. Um, things that she has set up for them and, and what they're up to. So it's, it's fun to follow along. Okay, so we 
have, we would like, I, I, I think we need some more, um, we need some more reviews. I, I've seen that it's kind we of do. been sitting stale here. I don't know if you guys are afraid to push that star button, but it's, re- it's really <laughs> easy to do. And Ella's got this down. I mean, she pretty much knows the drill when it comes to guiding you guys to where you can go rate and review us, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. If you're on iTunes, please press the subscribe button. When you press the subscribe button, you get a notification when the next episode is posted. Convenient. Technology. Easy. Love it. Rate, review. We'd love to hear from you. A lot of people have been reaching out to us on Twitter, which we love. Keep it coming. Um, but we want to see what you think on iTunes as well. On Twitter and Instagram at PressPassPod. Um, even on Sunday, we were running a lot of polls mm-hmm. who you thought would win certain games. So come vote, come interact, have some discussion and follow us. Yeah. If we, that we're kind of starting up a little bit of that discussion as well on our social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Ella and I, as you know, love to talk and we love to debate and <laughs> we know pretty much every angle of sports. So if, if you just want to like get into a little bit of a debate with us, we're fine with that. Just get get I started I started a little <clears throat> bit of a debate on my personal Twitter. Oh, was that the one on Charles Barkley? <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure that we both have different opinions on that. I know that you wanted to touch on this before we we get done with this podcast. Should we should we save it? Should we save it for no, another day? No, I think we should do it now real quick because it's yeah, it now? it's other I know I know we have, I know we have different opinions. Yeah, we actually. totally have different opinions. So, you go ahead and put it out there. And then we'll and okay. then we'll also we'll, we'll put another th- So you get the rebuttal? You get the rebuttal. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I can We'll get it. we'll we'll put it okay, out basically, there on social media too. Okay. Okay. Long story short. short. Yes. Charles Barkley on what was it? Saturday mm-hmm. night. He's broadcasting from the studio. Right. So they they throw it back and forth from the studio in between games. They throw it to Charles Barkley, which, <laughs> if you don't know, I guess, played basketball at Auburn. Yes. He's now on TV. They throw it back to him in the studio, and it was hilarious. At his seat where he was sitting at the desk, they had Auburn flags and orange and blue balloons all around him and an Auburn tiger stuffed animal on the desk. I mean, just, you know, floor to ceiling, all decked out in Auburn. I think it's funny. Like that was funny. I, I think sometimes sports are taken too seriously. Like we have to remember, remember it's sports, you know, we are not, you know, saving the world. It's sports. It's fun. It's supposed to be fun and entertaining. That was funny. My problem with it comes in when as you and I went to journalism school, the first thing you're taught is to never be biased. So I went to Ohio State. Kayla went to Washington State. I'm not going to, I would never sit on TV and and openly root for the Buckeyes. Like you check your fandom at the door. The second you be, you become a journalist, you check your fandom at the door. And I was taught that all through college. Whenever I would sit in an Ohio State press box, I was not an Ohio State student. I was not an Ohio State fan. I was a journalist. So my problem comes in with, because 
he was a famous athlete, he can sit up and do that. When all of us busted our butt as journalism students and learned the right way to be journalists, if, if a woman did that, I'm not making this a man and a woman thing, but if a woman did that, if Hannah Storm sat on SportsCenter with Notre Dame covering her desk, that would be a problem. But, for, but since it was Charles Barkley, it was funny. If Kirk Herbstreet went on college game day with Ohio State gear surrounding him, people would crucify him. I just didn't understand why it made it okay because he was Charles Barkley. Yeah. Some people I saw on Twitter engaging in the conversation said, he's, he's not a journalist. He was a basketball player. Well, he's on TV doing what the same job as the other people at the mm-hmm. desk. Well, so I, is there a double standard? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just was not a fan. I was not a fan because of, I guess, the the standard that's set for everybody yeah. else. Unfortunately, really uh, the reason why, and I agree, here's the thing. I agree with you on all fronts in terms of being a journalist and not being biased. Believe me. Um, I believe, I mean, I agree with you on that. I'm a from a broadcast journalism school, Edward Armour School of Communications. Like, that's what we were taught from the get-go is you can't be a fan. Now, you can be a fan, like, outside of, not reporting, right? Right, your job. But yeah, here's yeah, here yeah. here is what has gone on. Our business has completely shifted. Okay, in beliefs, in the rule book, in just how everyday life is when it comes to reporting and being on broadcast. It's just it's changed so much, and I think the diff- the why I don't have a problem with Charles Barkley doing it although, you know, it does raise a double standard is because that's what they wanted him to be, right? When, t- when, when TNT hired yeah. them, when, uh, what's it, Turner, Turner Sports, right? When Turner mm-hmm. hired him, mm-hmm. they wanted him to be Charles Barkley. And Charles Barkley's not mm-hmm. a journalist, right? Charles right. Barkley is Charles mm-hmm. Barkley, the goofy big player who played for Auburn, who played in the NBA, who has a big, big opinion. Um, who's just a goof. I, I've met him in person. He's hilarious. I, this guy is hilarious. And I think that that's what they wanted him to be. And I guarantee you, it wasn't his idea to put all the balloons up there. Okay. Oh, it definitely wasn't. So yeah, guess no, no, no. what? Yeah. If you're going to blame anyone in this business on that kind of stuff, blame the corporations, blame the big people up top, because that's yeah. what they're transforming a lot of these journalists slash TV personalities into they want to mold them into what they want to mold them into. And that's what Mm -hmm. they want Charles to be. And it is hilarious. And I thought it was, I just think he's a funny guy in general. So I, it didn't bug me, but I completely understand Mm -hmm. where you're coming from because it is a double standard, but guess who's creating the double standard? The people up top. Right? Mm -hmm. No, no, I agree because it wasn't, and everything I'm saying isn't a knock on Charles Barkley at all. Right. It it was just more, it was more um, the principle, I guess. And even, I guess, I don't know if social media makes it worse when you read other people's arguments to why that made it okay. That just blew my mind. Yeah. Um, Again, it's not a knock on Charles Barkley at all. Charles Barkley 
is himself 150% of the time. My problem with it was if anybody else did that. Yeah. And <clears throat> man or woman, you know, just how how bad yeah. that would look or how they would just be destroyed. And I just think it. the thing is, though, as you brought up Kirk Herbstreet, Kirk Herbstreet has never been that type of a guy. He's very serious. Uh, he's very, he, you know, he takes himself very seriously. We all know the stuff with Ohio State. He had to move out of there because he did have to sometimes actually have an opinion on them that wasn't good. Um, he just would never be that guy anyway that would do something like that. It's just like Charles is such a different personality in this business that I just don't right. even compare him to anybody else. But again, I just I do get your argument because I I do get I, it. and I bring up I bring up Kirk <clears throat> I bring up Kirk Kerbstreit because he no matter what he says, good or bad, I mean he like the comments that he gets all the time. I mean, if he compliments an Ohio state quarterback, he's biased. Mm -hmm. He's the worst, you know, announcer in college football. If he, if he, you know, this past year on college game day, I'm pretty sure he picked Michigan over Ohio state. People wanted to nail him to a cross. He can never get it right. And so that's why I brought him up as an example, just because he is so widely criticized all the time, whether he is, (laughs) complimenting Ohio State or if he's against Ohio State and that's why I thought he would be an interesting one to bring up because he already receives criticism yeah no I I mean I I I'm glad you brought that up because it is something that is a good discussion to have I don't think there's a right or wrong answer I just think that no it is something that I'm glad you noticed and brought it up as a talking point though because it is it is true like that is what we're told not to do I mean, as a student, we would get our credentials revoked if we were to cheer in the Ohio State football press box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, believe me, it's not you. You just don't do it. I mean, and and again, we're we're actual journalists. Okay. no knock on to people, any of the athletes out there that didn't didn't go for journalism. But look, there's a difference. Sorry. Like I went to school for journalism. (laughs) I'm sorry. I wasn't I I wasn't a five star athlete in high school and I didn't go to college because I wasn't talented enough to be an athlete. But guess what? I know sports and I'm a dang good journalist. So guess what? I have right. that one up on y'all. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look what you came here to find, yep. people. Sorry, but, you know, we get off on tangents when we have some firm firm beliefs in that. I love it. I'm glad that we got to bring that up in our talking point. Sorry if we rambled on a little bit. Maybe you guys can have your own discussion about it. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, Okay, well, that about does it for our episode 20 of Press. We're in the 20s. Yes, we're in the 20s. Next week, we can legally drink because it's 21. So maybe (laughs) maybe we'll have a toast, a champagne to that one there, (laughs) Elle. Oh my god. Um, we've been legally drinking for a while, folks, okay? We're way past 21. <laughs> uh, that does it for Press Pass. Speak for yourself. Hey, I, I feel like I'm 21 still, so we will <laughs> hear from you guys next week, and I believe next week we have a pretty cool guest coming in, so look forward to that. We do. Alright, take care. Enjoy the rest of March Madness this week. 